sometimes life happens. We see you. And you feel all alone. We feel you. With nowhere to go. We got you. So many questions unanswered. We understand. Yeah. And you feel like you can't. That's right. But God Rest with your own thoughts. Uh, uh. This is for you. Yeah. When life happens. And it makes Come. you feel like you are. You're off the beat. Off, off the beat. Off the beat. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Offbeat Podcast. I'm your host, Jorge Ambriz. Let's go. We got another, another amazing episode. Um, this episode, I've been looking forward to it, man, since uh, uh, the day that we were able to set it up. And um, it is my pleasure to have uh, this individual here with us. I believe that today's episode is going to be very educational. Um, I know it's going to uh, bring back some emotions, maybe to maybe to, even for us, maybe to some that are going to be watching us. Um, but I believe that it's going to really be educational for us as the public to really see um, what these amazing people do. And and today's guest, um, I want to introduce him. I want to just uh, uh, read his bio. His name is Marlon Marache. All right, there did I go. say that right? Marache, Mariachi. All right, all right. Mariachi. Marlon Marache. All right, I had to roll that R. There you go. <laughs> and then uh, Marlon is a current police lieutenant with the California State University, and uh, his recent retirement from the LAPD did not last long due to a promotion to continue his leadership and teach the next generation of law enforcement officers. According to Marlon, here's what he says: he says there is much more work to be done. We need to teach supervisors how to investigate IA complaints. We need to teach officers their rights. And here's a little bit about Marlon. He's a 24-year LAPD veteran and has over 12 years of police misconduct, investigation, adjudication, and examination experience. Much of his experience comes from when Marlon was assigned to IA Internal Affairs in a prosecutorial uh, role and representing the chief of police conducting board of rights a unique tribunal hearing the only agency with such a process in the nation the numerous cases he tried involved false and misleading allegations and terminate when where termination was at issue so we welcome marlon marrache come on round of applause <laughs> Jorgito, Jorgito, <laughs> muchas gracias por tenerme aquí. No, uh, no, la, la, el, es un placer. Igualmente, gracias a todos. <laughs> Esto, well, what can I say? Thank you. Uh, I've been watching your podcast, and I got to tell you that there just isn't enough uh, opportunities to, I suppose, tell your story and tell your journey. So yeah. here we are. So yeah. thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. And I, I, I really have been looking forward to this, uh, to this episode here with you, man. And I was so... I was so uh, so happy, man, when we were able to connect and and get this date set up right here. And so I'm excited to um, um, just kind of give us a background a little bit about you growing up. Where are you from, Marlon? Um, and then how you kind of came about becoming a LAPD officer. <laughs> Let's take a trip down memory lane, why don't we? Oh, gosh. So thank you for the bio. That's pretty interesting. It's pretty long. It's, <laughs> it's pretty long to say that in my 24-year career, about 12, uh, over 12 of these years, yeah. I really focused and concentrated on police misconduct discipline. Yeah. Probably a, a side of police that not many 
uh, community members or the audience, you know, if you will, right. doesn't really get to know. Right. So, you know, I, I feel as though it's, it's a bit unique. Yeah. So we can kind of get into that. But yeah. where did this all started? Well, I can tell you back in uh, 1980, so I'm giving away my age a little bit, <laughs> uh, I came here to the States. I was born and raised in Peru. Peru. Lima, Peru. Oh, okay. Which kind of strangely makes me feel like all these years... Uh, ceviche, los mexicanos siempre dicen que es ceviche. And of course, <laughs> I thought to myself, okay, pero nosotros somos los únicos que tenemos el ceviche original. <laughs> so it's a difference, right? Because yeah. I know that if you go to a Peruvian yeah. restaurant, which is, you know, of course, I got to be a little biased. You yeah. know, we think ourselves, este es un ceviche, está riquísimo. Yeah, yeah. No, and you're right. On it. <laughs> I, I will give you that. I will give you that 100%. Uh, that is one of the best ceviches I've had at a, at a Peruvian restaurant. Thank I, you. I will give props to Los Peruanos for that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And so here I am. My mom and dad split when I was very young. And my mom decided to move to uh, Los Angeles, California. So at 12 years old, my dad kind of took my brother and my sister and said, hey, do you want to stay here or do you want to go to Los Angeles, California, United States? Uh, hmm. That's going to be a really tough decision. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm out of here, you know, without yeah. even hesitating. However, as you may know, what I've realized coming to the States, yeah. I come to realize I am also a product of an absent father, which I'm sure, you know, yeah. we can discuss and we can talk about where a father figure really uh, puts, um, I should say, paves a good road right. for any kid. Right. Uh, when you don't have your father around, you know, that male dominant figure. Right. You know, you, you tend to suffer. So yeah. I can tell you that I'm also a product of neglect and abandonment, just yeah. like many of us. Uh, right. In the 27 years uh, that my father, uh, my father passed away, uh, oh gosh, I want to say maybe 12, 12, 13 years. He passed away in 2007. So that's okay. 15 years ago, 16 years yeah. ago. I can tell you that in the 27 year absence, he tried to make that up in five years. Mm. So... I'm a mama's boy. I came yeah. here and I was just super excited to be part of this culture. Uh, I can tell you that if I, no one would talk to me in seventh grade unless I bought my first pair of Vans, which is the, that's probably what they call bullying back then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So here we are. I'm in seventh grade and no, no one wanted to talk to me because I didn't have a pair of Vans. Yeah. I didn't have OP shorts and a lightning bull shirt. For those of you that are in your 50s, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And so, but I had this personality and I was very charismatic and enthusiastic. I was just very eager to learn. And uh, once I got my first pair of Vans, man, it just, that's it, man. I blew up. Yeah. I was on the map. It's and, amazing what a what a what a pair of shoes could do, right? <laughs> exactly, styles, you know, yeah. uh, trends. Uh, yeah. At that time, Sperry Topsiders. You had the preppies in one school, and in my junior high school, this is in the San Fernando Valley. There was a magnet program. Apparently, the the rich kids, you know, get to come and and if you weren't part of their crew, you weren't cool. It, yeah. it, it was just such an experience to know that where I came from. Todos somos iguales. Right. Everyone kind of just blends in together. Un peruano que eres yeah. flaca, gorda, con un, con, con, un abra, con un brazo, con una pierna. Right. Right? Yeah. Todos somos iguales. Yeah. You know, poor, rich, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You come over here, it, it, it's, it's, it's a it's lot. It's a culture shock. It's a Big culture, culture shock. shock. Yeah. 
And so here I am in uh, L.A. in San Fernando Valley, and I, I, I got to tell you, it was um, school wasn't my thing. Yeah, I didn't uh, graduate high school. I'm actually a high school dropout. Okay. Uh, okay. The I. In 10th grade, I got an A in PE because that was the only class that I showed up to because I just love playing basketball, <laughs> yeah. which is like a new new sport to me. Right. But I'm a soccer guy. Okay. Me encanta okay. y tengo una pasión de fútbol like you wouldn't believe. All right. um, and we'll get into that later because yeah. I started coaching. Uh, and so here I am at uh, junior high school. I dropped out of high school, and it just so happens that at 17, 18 years old, I just didn't want to... Um, I guess education just wasn't really important to me. It was important for me at the time was seeing my mom struggle, mm-hmm. asking my mom for money so that I can just, you know, hang out and, yeah. you know, buy food or hang out with the boys and have whatever just to go out. Yeah. And so I just got tired because I see my mom working so hard. I mean, at one point she was working three jobs. Wow. And so I quit. I started surfing uh, every single day, which was a big passion of mine. Uh, playing sports, working out, and at 24, 25 years old, uh, the light bulb hit. I, I had to do something. Yeah. My best friend was thinking about being a Los Angeles police officer, and I decided to go into the United States Navy. Okay. So I ended up getting my GED and my high school diploma, uh, went into the Navy. I did three years uh, active duty. I did okay. two Westpac tours on a aircraft carrier. So ship or life, that's, that, that's a whole uh, different uh, conversation we can have. <laughs> Best decision I ever made. Yeah. Uh, honorable discharge. And at the time, I did not want to reenlist. Only for, well, I should say not only, but for a couple of reasons. One being is that I'd really miss my family. Yeah. When you're away and you decide to uh, make something out of yourself, right? Hey, I got to... I got to, I got to be responsible. Yeah. I got I to be a man now. Yeah. Uh, but my mom was just it. My mom, and my sisters, you know, I have a younger sister. So to me, family was so, so important. Yeah. And I believe it's probably important to many cultures, but yeah. I can tell you that in our Latin culture, oh yeah, it's super, super important. It's very difficult to, to make those type of decisions. To detach yourself yeah, completely. To detach, yeah. And so I wanted to come home. I didn't want to reenlist. And at that time, my best friend pretty much says, you know what? I'm joining the police academy. This is a great gig. I was always very, I should say, apprehensive, hesitant. Yeah. Probably had some insecurities that, yes, I'm, you know, I am pretty impulsive and I'm pretty hyper and I have energy, but do I really want to carry a gun? Yeah. Do I really want to get involved in a shooting and live with that for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. knowing that if I break leather right. and here I am getting involved in, you know, I have to engage, uh, that individual happens to have a wallet or an object. Yeah. You know, how do you live with that? Right. And so for me, that was uh, pretty hesitant, right? Concerns. Yeah. But man, once I went to the uh, take the written uh, portion of the exam, after that, all these hesitations, insecurities became uh, motivation and commitment. Yeah. And so I joined the academy in July of 1998. And um, what a road. 24 years later. Wow. Uh, with, of course, I'm going to be a little biased, with the best agency right. in the entire nation. Yeah. Uh, and of course, 
you know, for you listeners out there. <laughs> oh yeah, the popo. You know, we're we're going to talk about you know five o. Yeah, the, the five o. You know, and we're going to talk about events you know that have really transpired and have changed yeah. policing, and we'll get into all that conversation. Yeah. But I've learned so much, and it has afforded me so much success uh, to the point where I ended up getting my undergrad. And at one point, I decided to go to law school. Uh, I got my law degree in 2016. I've taken the state bar because my goal later on in life was to practice law and be a lawyer. Okay. Uh, to help to do police stuff. At some point, I'm going to do that. And um, lucky me, I was only retired for four months. <laughs> I discovered this world of uh, podcasting. Yeah. I wanted to do uh, this project that we talked about. Right. And... Uh, the university made me an offer that I just could not refuse for several reasons. One, in this university, there's a soccer stadium. So I'm sure you don't, you know which one I'm talking about. And so for me, I was thinking, really, I can go to work and actually uh, attend these soccer games. So because soccer is just my thing. And two, I get to provide that leadership. Yeah. And everything that I've learned, I can now give back uh, to the next generation. So yeah, really, really happy healthy and uh you know and here we go we're moving forward that's awesome man that's amazing yes okay so yeah so um so what so tell us a little bit about so what you do now and kind of what your passion you're passionate about now good question so one of the projects that i had in mind when i retired was how does the community really get to know what an officer goes through when they're involved in an officer-involved shooting. Right. It's what we call an OIS. So you'll hear me say an OIS a lot. Okay. And the other, so that's from a community perspective, right? right? From the public. Yeah. Guy like yourself who's right. never probably been in a shooting, I take it. Yeah. Um, I should say well, with the police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So if you really think about it, not many people that you come across, at least, in, you know, from my yeah. world, get, get, I get to ask them, hey, so you're involved in OIS. They're probably yeah. going to say no. Yeah. So I always it, felt that, you know what, we, this is the LAPD and other major agencies, mm -hmm. we don't do enough of a good job to inform the public what happens in an OIS? Right. We will tell you the facts, right? Yeah. Um, it is by law that we release, uh, I, I think it's anywhere between, I think it's 45 days or prior, right? It's by law. There's an assembly bill out there in California that pretty much says, look, you as an agency have to tell the public what happened in this critical incident. Gotcha. Critical incident being OISs. You have okay. in-custody deaths. You have like excessive force, what we call the law enforcement related injuries, Learys. Those type of incidents, the public has to know. But what happens more often, what's more popular, what's sensational is an OIS. Right. And so what happens is we go ahead and have the commanding officer pretty much tell the public, hey, this is who I am. Yeah. I'm from media relations. Uh, we had an incident that happened on first and, and don't walk, walk and don't walk. And mm -hmm. Here's a picture of the officers. Yeah. Uh, there is body-worn video. Let me slow down the camera and show you the weapon, tell you about the suspect, give you certain facts about yeah. what happened in this particular incident. But after that 45th day, here's the problem. 
you don't know the outcome. What yeah. is it that you're going to know? Right. And we just, and so I always felt like, you know what, we preach this transparency. Right. But we're not. And that goes both ways. Right. That goes from the law enforcement uh, perspective yeah. as well as the community's perspective. Right. They have a right to know, or I suppose you would want to know, what was the outcome? Right. Okay. Did the officer get discipline or was it a good shooting? Was it a bad shooting? You know, and so yeah. we don't, we right. don't do a good enough job into doing that. So the light bulb hit and I said, you know what? I really want to educate the public in doing so. Yeah. Can, can I pause you there just yes. for a little bit? Why do you think that is though? Why do you think that? Because I always think, I always try to give the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm the type of person that I'm the same way, like full story, you know what I mean? So that way, you know, I'm not going to try to jump to conclusions right away. I, I'm that. Now, we know that not everyone is like that. Right. But why do you think that is? Do you think that? Because the only thing that I can think of is sometimes in, in our own personal lives, right? Like, why do we withhold? You know, and it's usually because we want to we want to hold an image, right? We want to hold an image of like, hey, this is the image. You know, we don't want to really do anything to kind of distort. Do you think that has a little bit to do or anything to do with it? I think it has a little bit to do with that, but more than anything, yeah. I just think people just don't care mm. about the outcome. Yeah. So if you're like my daughter, for example, who's a freshman in college, she's 18 years old. Okay. Well, what do teenagers, I'll even go as teenagers, they'll scroll, right, for like eight seconds. They yeah. can only watch one thing. Yeah. So they'll like to watch, oh, damn, look what happened, you know, yeah. oh, you know, that's the effect that they get. Yeah. Of course- they're not going to want to know the outcome. Right. So now you start reaching your your audience of the 20 to 30-year-olds, right? Millennials, yeah. you know. Do they want to know? Probably. Very good question. I don't have any empirical data to right. kind of yeah, <laughs> tell you why they don't. From my lens, I just feel like people are asking what happened. In, in other words, what was the result? Right. You know, well, how do, you know, someone yeah. went through all this. Yeah. Uh, the empathy kicks in, yeah. right? And the sympathy kicks in as well. So they right. both, you, I suppose if you're a very empathetic and sympathetic yeah. uh, individual, you're going to want to know the results. Yeah. But I just don't think that, look, if we're not pushing it, then who is going to push it? Yeah. Does that, that kind of make sense? No, it, it, it totally makes sense. It really does. And I think that that's what kind of, in, in, in my personal, even like you said, from my lens, that's kind of like what I've always seen is that maybe it's maybe it is the image aspect of it. Like, OK, we want to preserve the image of that agency or something. So we're going to maybe let's uh, you know, let's just inform what we can. You know, we don't want to get into too many details or maybe like you said, like the outcome and things like that. But I think also too, like now because of the age of the Internet, you know, what I mean, because of social media because of those like eight second scrolls you know what i mean like i think now more than ever like your job your passion is is becoming so necessary because because now it's like now it's no longer hey you know what i mean like hey are you guys going to give us an outcome you know it's more like like almost like no 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 like we see this eight second 20 second video oh my god i can't believe that happened you know and right away the the public you know like they jump to a conclusion without knowing the entire story. So I think that's putting an even greater burden on police agencies, right, to say, okay, we got to start getting this right. Right. And the other thing is, in today's policing, regardless of the agency, yeah. I would say probably just across the nation, yeah. you're 
actions are going to be are going to have some criminal consequences. Mm. You know, nowadays you're looking at probably getting filed on criminally. Right. Right. You know, so I've always said that every OIS is a consequential event. Right. Okay. So yeah, it's not something like premeditated murder. No, it's right. gonna it's gonna have consequences. It's gonna have physical consequences, yeah. right? Let's just say you get involved in a in an OIS and you get shot in the shoulder or the leg, and yeah. you're just not gonna be physically the same anymore, right. right? It's got a lot of emotional consequences. Imagine you being involved in something that you have to live for the rest of your life. No. That could require therapy. Yeah. That could require um, a lot of strength and right. to deal with your insecurities. Right. If that's the case, right? Yeah. And it's got uh, uh, neurological uh, consequences as well. Yeah. Right. Now you start talking about how you react to emotions, you know, yeah. your nervous system. Yeah. You know, you might be freaked out for the rest of your uh, for the rest of your life. Yeah. PTSD. PTSD is a yeah. perfect example. And last but not least, it's got criminal consequences. Right. You can do the right thing and you can still be charged uh, with criminal uh, allegations. Now, of course, that's where I kind of separate myself from what I, what I have been doing for a living. And when I say separating is that does everything that you do um, require a lot of scrutiny? Absolutely. Does everything you do when you're engaging in this gun battle, so yeah. to speak, are you going to be judged? Absolutely. And I'm all for, you know, if you do something wrong, then you know what? Then you got to go. Right. And so my other project when I was retired is we needed to teach, we meaning me and my experience and yeah. a couple of my partners, we needed to teach the next generation into something that not many people are, are aware about is yeah. internal discipline. So in other words, if you treat someone out there like shit and you're totally rude, you're totally disrespectful, yeah. uh, Memphis, the incident that happened in Memphis, yeah. um, something along those lines, there's uh, Oakland PD is on a consent degree. We can talk about that later. The consent yeah. degree meaning they're being supervised by the Department of Justice, the feds yeah. saying, hey man, you know what? You guys have been doing jacked up stuff right to your own community members right. for like the last 10 years and so since i have this internal affairs this disciplinary background, background this experience yeah. i wanted to teach the next group of sergeants like hey look if someone makes a complaint it's very serious to them no matter what it could be yeah. whether if the traffic stop whether you were at 7-eleven and someone comes at you and says hey you know what something happened over here your demeanor, your attitude, your right, disposition. Right. So I wanted to make sure that the next generation of sergeants and supervisors and officers, number one, know your rights, and number two, investigate to its fullest because you owe it to your department and more than anything, you owe it to the public. Yeah. No, that's 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 really, really important. I, I, I believe that needs to continue to be done in practice because I look back, you know, at, at a lot of situations, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. like that even – Things that I went through as a child and as a teenager and things like that. So the popo was coming for you. Yeah, yeah. That's when like the popo, like no, no, gang unit. Remember? Got I, it. No, I think gang I, I, like, officers, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, in <laughs> Vegas, uh, they, there was a unit out there. It was gang unit, okay. gang unit, and uh, they helped. That you know what? I, I give I give them a lot of props because 
they really did do their job. Like mm -hmm. they really did help clean up Vegas from a lot of gang activity at that time. But at that time it was the gang unit. And it was like, as soon as we would see, like we could tell which cars they were, you know, we knew, <laughs> but we're like gang unit. As soon as they're like, we didn't even have to look. We just, as soon as you gang unit, I'm let's go. Gosh. We're running. <laughs> we're diving into balconies. I mean, it was funny, but anyways, but uh, cause I, I, I recall situations, you know what I mean? And, and I think that I think part of also, um, why this is such a great idea, in my opinion, is because I think we do need to re... I feel we need to reestablish that trust between police officers yes. and the public. And because there, a lot of trust has been broken, and it's not something that just happened during this social media stage. Correct. You know, it's something that has been going on for years. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think of situations that happened to me. I even talked about it on the podcast one time when, you know, I... I got uh, real bad scrutiny and uh, mm -hmm. from from a police officer and I was only 14 or 15 years old at that time mm -hmm. I had just come back from Mexico I was uh living out there for two years and um you know I was just playing with some of the neighborhood friends there they weren't even gang related nothing we weren't gang related at that time or anything uh -huh. we we're just friends there you know just playing and anyways police came and and I remember the one of the police officers he was very 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 rude you know he told me things that I don't think any 15-year-old should ever hear. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, he insulted me. You know, he pretty much, like, pretty much not cursed me out in, with cuss words. Right. But he pretty much, like, cursed me, like, basically saying, like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm not going to take you today, but one day I will. One day I will, and yeah. I'm going to be the one to do that. You know, basically, like, setting you up and basically labeling you. And, you know, but I look back at situations like that, and I was like, why... Why couldn't we as a community at that time really speak out? And I think that because there was already trust broken, you know, yes. there was already a fear. It, it wasn't a healthy fear. Correct. Because you know, I, I believe in having respectful fear. You know, there's mm -hmm. there's a good fear and bad fear. There's the good fear, like like the Bible talks about, like, you know, hey, fear those that are that are in authority because they are established there to to rule over us, to basically right. like to to punish what is wrong. You know, like they're there for a reason, you know. And um, but then there's also that other fear where it's like, no, no, I don't want to I don't want to get involved with them because they might do this or they mm -hmm. might do that, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that for so many years that was broken, you know, what I mean, because like my mom, she she tried to come and defend me in the best way that she could. Correct. But she didn't you know, the public wasn't educated, you know, like what we're trying to do now. It wasn't educated in that sense. Like our communities weren't educated in that sense where, hey, you know what, um, what, you know, Let's call it what it is. You know, like, mm -hmm. I think that that's what we've done such a bad job in is calling what bad is calling bad, bad. Yes. And calling what's good is good or explaining, hey, this is why. And I think that for so long, there hasn't been that. Yeah. No communication. No communication. Absolutely. No, like no one taking accountability and saying, yeah, you know what? You're, you're right. That was wrong. Like you're explaining right now. Mm -hmm. Disciplinary actions. You know what? He did that. Okay. Let me, let me take a look at that. Let me review that. And I'm going to, I'm not just going to look at, I'm not going to just tell you that I'm going to look at it, but I'm actually going to review it. And then, like you said, follow up afterwards with you. Absolutely. We, back in 2014, when I was in internal affairs, we launched a bias policing mediation program. Yeah. Uh, at the time, the police commission and other stakeholders felt as though officers were out there pulling people over because of their gender, their race. Mm -hmm. uh, and just unconstitutional, meaning you're just going to pull someone over just for absolutely no legal reason. Yeah. 
And so we created a mediation program with the city attorney where we have a mediator yeah. pretty much sit down and have a face-to-face. Obviously, it's got to be voluntary. Right. The officer. So I brokered that deal. That was my job. My job was to get a hold of officer and say, hey, look, you want this complaint uh, to look in your... You want this complaint in your folder to be mediated, or you're going to go through like this entire investigation that's going to take a long time. Right. And someone will say, okay, the buy-in was, I honestly thought the buy-in from the, from the officers was going to be more difficult mm-hmm. than it was from the complainant, from the community member, only because of culture. And we'll get into that. Mm. Because culture, I'm a true believer at this, culture will always dictate what you do and what you don't do. A hundred percent. That is so true and accurate, especially in our profession. Yeah. And certainly I'm sure it happens in other uh, professions as well. And so in this particular setting, you get to be face to face. Yeah. And have this discussion. Yeah. About why pulled you over. Hey, why'd you do this? Yeah. And a lot of the times is, sir, you know, ma'am you had tenant windows and you were going like 65 and you blew a stop sign. Mm-hmm. The first time that I ever yeah. saw you is when you rolled down your window. So how, 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 could, how could you think that I pulled you over because of your race? Right. right? right now, right, right. was I, was my demeanor a little too harsh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did my disposition didn't come out right? Yeah. I didn't have my cup of coffee. Yeah. And last night, you know, I have a, I'm doing diaper duty and I, you know, yeah. I, I, I didn't get any sleep. So for that, I apologize. And a lot of time it's just that misunderstanding right. about how you approach someone. Right. And that just not just goes in that stop. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. And so what happens is, is that we felt we, the department felt like we needed to do this and it was healthy to do that because conflict does create some, some help out of it. Right. right. You get some good resolution out of you, healthy resolution, I should say. You get to really have a discussion with this person because you never know. You might run into that person again. Right. And certainly, I don't want you to leave that traffic stop thinking to yourself, well, this dude's a douchebag. You know what? Yeah. He treated me like shit. Excuse my language. <laughs> then all the officers are going to treat me like shit. Right. And that's the problem that we have even in today's lens yeah. As people look at police, right, because of certain incidents, right. you know, there's over eighteen thousand. Yeah, I thought it was eighteen hundred. I got to do my research on that. So, I've been saying lately eighteen hundred agencies in the United States. I want to say it's about eighteen thousand. Maybe you can help me out so I can be a little accurate about that. In America, how many agencies in the United States? There, yeah, 18,000. 18,000. Yeah. Law enforcement okay. in the United States is made up of about 18,000 federal, state, county, and local agencies. Okay, so I stand corrected for all, uh, if you've heard me in another podcast or so, I stand extremely corrected because there's <laughs> a big difference between 1,800 and 18,000 agencies. Yeah. You got to keep in mind, that's, that's a lot of police yeah. stations. Right. And some stations, yeah. there's just not just one. There's yeah. a lot. My point is, is that you can't just paint all of us with this broad brush. Yeah. You know, to this very day, if I pull you over or if I have an encounter with you, I'm going to treat you with respect, just like I always was. The problem is, is that it goes to this culture. Yeah. Because 
that inter- that interaction you have with that police yeah. officer back when you were 14, 15 years old, right. chances are that's not an aberration. Right. That happens. Right. He's probably been doing that for quite some time. Yeah. And so it takes accountability and leadership. Right. That sergeant, that lieutenant, that captain, even the chief to say, you know what? We're not going to turn a blind eye on this. Yeah. We're going to change this. Or that partner. That or partner. that partner. Yeah. And so I can tell you that we're working. We're working yeah. in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, I suppose I can ask for patience, right? Patience oh, yeah. is a virtue. Yeah. And we're heading in the right direction. And that's one of the reasons why I teach uh, yeah. for uh, Savage Training Group uh, up in uh, Northern California. Great partner of mine, the owner, who hired me to do this. And we're getting a lot of police officers that are interested yeah. to really go about police functions yeah. the right and the legal way. That's probably yeah. the best way that I can no, explain. No, that's that's uh, that's awesome. For me, like, that's awesome. And, and I just kind of want to plug in right now a little bit. This, I want to plug it in because I want to be very, very crystal clear. Yes. This has nothing to do with political affiliation. Nothing, nothing. Everything we're going to talk about right now is just clearly a conversation. Correct. I want to make that clear because there's things that I agree with and then there's things that I disagree with. And I want... I want the public to know that, you know what, this is this that's the standpoint that I I feel I'm not saying that we all should, but I feel we should all approach because I feel that those two things, the social media, but then also to like a lot of the political, you know, has mm-hmm. driven some of some of our cultures, you know, what I mean, to to kind of uh, paint this, this picture, you know, what I mean, and 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 I've always been grateful um, and I've even spoken about it on the other podcast I'm so grateful that uh, for the opportunities that I had to to not only have met that officer, yes, but down the line I was able to meet some very very great officers, like very great, and I'm so grateful for that. And the reason why is because um, I never wanted to I never wanted to be that guy. I never wanted to be that guy that even though I was in this in this culture, I was involved, I was affiliated with doing what I was doing back in my teenage years, but I always understood something. I was like. I understood this. I'm like, dude, I was messing up, you know, and I yeah. think I even released a clip not too long ago. I'm like, I knew, I knew that I was messing up and I never, I never had a problem with when I got caught, you know, when right. I, when I would get caught, like I knew what I was doing. It wasn't like shocker, bro. Like, you know, like, Hey, we're pulling you over. Like, why are you putting, no, yeah. I knew why they were pulling me right. over. I knew why I was being handcuffed. I knew why I was being arrested. And, um, and part of that was because I was able to, me and and I was able to differentiate that. I was able to like at a young age, I was able to understand that, you know what? Um, just like not all black people are the same, just like not all white people are the same. Correct. Just like not all Mexicans are the same. Mm-hmm. Just like not all Peruanos are the same. No. Just like not all ceviche is the same. That's right. Right? It's all diverse, it's all different, and everyone is unique. And so we have to afford that also to our police officers, to our police agencies. We have to understand that we we can't, I think that's the biggest error that we commit in america with social media and everything is we take the human factor we do we take the human factor completely out and i think we have to uh, um, my hope is through this like we can we are putting that in and we're able to like we're like we're doing we're sitting down and we're conversating yeah i, I can only tell you that there's yeah. not enough platforms right and thank you for the invitation to really have these really good healthy conversations yeah. Which could be conflicting. Hey, look, I'll be the first one to tell you, we don't always get it right. We don't. We don't. The use of forces and the OISs yeah. and the things that you see that are so sensationalized. Yeah. 
It's ugly. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, man, you come come fill my shoes one day. Oh, yeah. And tell someone. Uh, I'll give you an example uh, in terms of culture. So back in the academy, they used to, in tactics, they, they had an acronym, ATD. It's ask, tell, and do. Basically, when you are going to affect an arrest, put someone in handcuffs, you're going to ask them. Um, hey, Jorge, uh, turn around, put your hands behind your head. No, F you. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you to put your hands behind your head yeah. and spread your legs, you know, cross your fingers. Uh, no, F you. So now I'm left with D. I'm doing it. And so I do it. Right. right. So it's ATD. So you're taught that. Now, again, I'm taking you back 25 years ago. Yeah. Of course, things have evolutionized where now we have de-escalation. Now we have pretty much wrapping around, I should say, to service you, yeah. to see, hey, Jorge, you know, what's going on? What is wrong with you? Yeah. Why won't you turn around and put your hands behind your head? Yeah. What do you got going on? You know, and maybe you have uh, mental instability. Maybe you have su suicidal ideations. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a lot going on and we just don't know. So if time is on our side and you don't have any weapons on you, yeah. well, you know what? Let's... There's let's, a, chan there's let's a chance talk. to de-escalate that. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. and we're, we're de-escalating yeah. while we're talking. And so from that perspective, yeah. that's great. And I'm all for that. Right. And I'm all for detailed, everything that you do has to have specificity. Mm. You know, I'm all for that. But unfortunately, there's incidents, you know, that have happened. Yeah. George Floyd, uh, the incident. I mean, we can go back to Ferguson. We can go yeah. what happened in Kenosha. Yeah, I mean, there's well, just go ahead. Yeah, no, let, let's and let's kind of let's kind of break that down because yes. I want to. I kind of even want to plug in a little bit here, kind of going back to what you were saying about, um, you know, culture. Culture, yes. culture really does dictate how. And I'll be the first one to say. I'll be the first one to say that from the culture that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, the homie culture, the essay culture. Yeah. Um, you know, even though it was very similar Vegas to Los Angeles, you know, mm -hmm. very similar. So I understood something and it wasn't so much because I was taught, taught it. I just understood that, like mm -hmm. going back, like what we were doing wrong, we were doing wrong. Correct. You know, and so, and that's where like, it, it's, uh, it's very, it's very, uh, it's very hard to, to, to kind of cookie cut every situation. Right. Because coming from where I come from. I knew the people that I was with. I knew them. So I knew that when gang units would come around, you know, kind of going uh -huh. back to like where, well, why did they ever permit um, pulling people over without probable cause, right? Like things like that, things Correct. that have happened in our history of law enforcement and the public. Well, here's the thing, though, that we look at the negative, but the truth is, and this is me coming from that lifestyle, a lot of times those things probably saved a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, you know, and, and let's be honest, let's be real. Like there's people's children, there's people's family members that were literally saved because, you know, there were units or there were people with instructions to like, Hey, if you see a ball headed essay, if you see, him, you know, like it was like, it, that was a time where stereotypes there, I, I think there was, in history, it's shown us that stereotypes have been helpful. Are they always right? No. Have they been helpful? Yes. And I say that from my point of view because why? 
because things have happened and I've seen things go down and it's been like where, yeah, if they wouldn't have made that arrest, if they wouldn't have made that pullover, like I, I, I could speak of an example. Like I remember I have a friend, he's in prison right now. Mm -hmm. He's, um, he's probably there for life. Okay. Um, but pretty much like he had just gotten released mm -hmm. and he was ordered to go do something to go do a hit. He went and in that process, uh, he was involved in a kidnapping and because of how they looked and because of what they were doing, they were pulled over. And so basically he was literally in and out from one day to another. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't have happened. And probably somebody's life wouldn't have been saved if that wouldn't have happened. Got it. Absolutely. You, you see what I mean? So, Absolutely. So Very I'm good the point. I'm the type of person that I see the rationale in things like, do I agree with everything? Like that moment that we were pulled over as kids, as 15. Was that right? No. no. Was anything prevented at that time? No. Was, you know what I mean? So I, it, it, that's what, and I kind of like, let's talk a bit, little bit about that because I think there is a place. And I think that, I think that that's what sometimes the the public might be kind of blinded to, not so much blinded to, but maybe they're on the fence about. Misinformed. Misinformed because I think some people understand but I think some people are still like, yeah, but I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's just. But I think that at the same time, like you guys are out there to, you know, solve crime, but also to prevent crime. Right. Prevention's huge. So it, 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 I, the light bulb just hit. And let me ask <laughs> you this, though. When you went through your teenage years, yeah. I take it that community where you live, mm -hmm. everybody knew each other. Mm -hmm. Right. Have you experienced gang on gang crime? where yeah. here goes one shooting of the homie rival right. gang and you know that there's going to be retaliation right right and so and it happened in daylight yeah and the neighborhood knows yeah where's the outcry one two do you really go and tell the police no. you know what it's so and so he was wearing this yeah. this is that's my point yeah but if it was a police officer who got into an OIS, yeah, then you know what? And and it was just, well, he had a knife or he had no weapons yeah. and they shot him in the back. Forget about it. It's going to be sensationalized. Right. That's the disconnect. I suppose that's the word that yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah, that's, There's yeah. this disconnection. There's, I suppose, I wouldn't say so much trust, but I would just say that awareness yeah if it's happening in your own neighborhood right why wouldn't you want to tell because right. guess who's going to come help you you're right. going to call 911 and guess who's going to come help you we right. are and so that's always been like especially with everything that's going on lately yeah no and it, and that's the thing like i think sometimes people need to be need to be real like i've always every time i have these conversations with friends i'm like yo like we got to be real about this like let's i'm not saying that i'm not saying that what happened was was right or wrong. Like right. I'm just waiting for the entire outcome so that I can truly pass judgment. What I'm trying to say is let's be real. Like let's be real. Like like the what I'm sharing with you is like, man, I because I knew people, man, and it's sad to say, but I knew people that if they were on their way to do something and if they were pulled over by an officer and that officer was going to intrude or Prevent. interrupt what they were going to do. Yeah. I knew people that without hesitation, they would pull a trigger without hesitation. Correct. 
And so what? And so I always say, if I knew people like that, how do you how do you how do you expect some of these officers to react? Sometimes it's very difficult for them to it's it's very difficult. Like we sometimes we claim a, we complain about system systemic things, right? Correct. But the thing is that we want to use systems to try to control our agencies. Yeah. And it's like sometimes you have to understand that every situation is different. It's like you go to a customer service call center. Yeah. I can guarantee you that that they can answer probably 100 calls the same way. But then there's going to be one call. Yeah. There's going to be one call that's going to be like, hey, why'd you guys do this? And why'd you guys do yes. that? And it's going to it's going to tempt you to react differently. Very good point, which brings me to something that I believe it's missing. And again, you know, be patient is emotional intelligence. EI is on the rise. Well, it's been around for quite some time. Yeah, it's becoming more, more, uh, I think it's becoming more valuable. Yes. To understand. Right. And it's, it's getting to the platforms. Right. You know, where we all need it. Uh, You're you're right. You get, you get tempted Mm -hmm. and, and we, it's even worse with us. Yeah. You know, you, you got a badge, you know, you yeah. feel, I'll be the, hey man, look, you put on a badge and uniform, you got the gun and you yeah. feel like, sometimes you feel like oh, I'm unstoppable, but you got to right. also think to yourself, hey man, you know what? It's a lot of power. A lot of power, a lot of authority, right. but I'm putting my life on the line. Exactly. You know, for, I wouldn't say a few pennies and dollars, but still, of, of course we all want to get paid more, but <laughs> my life is on the line. Right. And so what you think is I got to get home to my family. Right. I got to do what I have to do to get home to my family. With that being said, we, I've taken that leadership role where I need to make sure that this next generation, if you're on right now on the streets, I wanna make sure that you need to know the law to its fullest. Yeah. One, two, you need to treat people no any different than I treat you or you treat your family. Yeah. And if you don't, then you're going to get some discipline out of this. Right. And so that's my other half where I'm teaching yeah. to investigate. Yeah. Because I'd be the first one to tell you, some people just don't like the police, you yeah. know, because of their past experiences. Because Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and then they'll say, and again, it goes to that EI or that demeanor, and they'll say, well, that cop was just being rude and disrespectful, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, it's on body-worn video. Let's watch it. Right. You know, and believe it or not, there is more complaints that are classified as unfounded. Unfounded meaning it never occurred, as opposed to sustained, where it means that it occurred. Yeah. There's way more. I can give you numbers, yeah. but I can tell you it's so disproportionate. Yeah. What I mean is, is that sometimes you just don't like the popo, you don't like the police. Yeah. And you'll make a complaint. Well, you know what? When he took me out of the car, he threw me up against yeah. the wall. Okay. Okay, Mr. Johnson. Not a problem. Uh, let me give me about. 48 hours or so, and I'll get back to you because I'm going to go watch body-worn video. Yeah. Okay, so then you watch body-worn video. And it's nothing that what Mr. Johnson was describing. Right. Right? And so you call back Mr. Johnson and say, Mr. Johnson, you know what? Come in the offices. Look, whatever it is that you were alleging that my officers did, didn't really turn out to be the way you said it was. Yeah. If you like, I can take in the room and here we can go watch body worn video. And of course, Mr. Johnson's like, well, you know, hey, you yeah. know, I got to go. Yeah. So, so you got to ask yourself, why does that happen? And I think that has to do yeah. with just the way we see law yeah. enforcement, you know, yeah. Yeah, and, the and, way. That, and, and it hasn't 100%. gotten, and it hasn't gotten, 
I suppose, any healthier yeah. or any better when you have the Memphis PD incident where you have those four officers just, I mean, it's just so grotesque. It's disgusting yeah. to watch. Are you, you're talking about the one where they, um, uh, they, they beat the man, right? It they was like beat four, him up. I mean, they four, did. Four black officers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was, that was, um, it's yeah. just disheartening to watch. And it gives yeah. us, um, it gives law enforcement such a, I was asked, uh, Hey Marlon, can you break down this, uh, this use of force? And I told my, I, I told my, my colleague, I said, no, it's, it's, it would be insulting for me to even render, uh, a yeah. factual breakdown. Yeah, because you know, it, because you see it as it was just from start to finish. That's not police brutal, work, bro. Right. That is not police work. You yeah. don't get no. That looked like that was that looked like a mob just jumping. Right, that looked right. like that looked like somebody was being yeah. jumped into a game. I mean, as <laughs> elementary and like. as humorous as it might yeah, sound, no, but yeah. there's not a police academy in the entire United States yeah. where you have an instructor that says, "Today, we're going to teach you how to punch a suspect while they're handcuffed." It, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, and I think that that's what a lot of people might get their image. Like, I think that's where, and that's why I put that plug in. Like, this is not politically affiliated. Correct. Whatever we say, if you in your own personal time, you want to affiliate that, like, go ahead. Like, we're telling you this has nothing to do. Because the reason why I say that is because I believe this with all my heart. I believe this, that that a lot of things are politicized in a way because it's going to favor one party over the other. But we have to stop doing that. We yes. have to stop doing that as yes. the people, as a public. You know what I mean? We have to understand because the, I believe that. I be, I truly believe that. Are there bad apples? Of course. Absolutely. Of course there is. And like you said, I, lo I love that you said that because you're like, there's not even anything for me to break down because it's not police it's work. It's not police work. You know what I mean? And. But because they did that, it doesn't mean that every single person, you know what I mean, in the entire world or in the entire 18,000 agencies that are 18, out there 000. are going to affiliate themselves or act that way or, you know, like, no, you know. And, and to add to that, uh, Jorge, you know what? I want to be fair and reasonable and, 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 and be on both sides here because I'll be the first one to tell you that there is some bad shootings. Mm-hmm. Cops do police work, and it's just not supposed, not what they're taught. So in, in essence, what I'm trying to say is that for every tactical application, yeah, when you go into a situation, right, or an incident, where you either have to affect an arrest, prevent an escape, or overcome resistance. So yeah. I'm giving you a little bit about 835 APC. And by the way, if you're a police officer... You better read AB 392 and 835 APC because that's changed the entire, it's a game changer as of January of 2020. And we'll get into that later on. But when you apply all these tactics that you were taught, yeah, it doesn't always go like you were taught, right? So a lot of these policies, if you will, is you can deviate. You can deviate substantially. Right. That's fine. That's what the department's saying. But you know what? You better justify why you're doing that substantial deviation. Right. And if you can't justify it, then I'm going to have to jam you up. Right. That's the way we see things. And I don't think the public really knows that. Yeah. So I can tell you things like what happened with George Floyd, things that happened in Kenosha, uh, all these incidents. And again, bear in mind that you and I, yeah. I, I suppose I can speak for you, but 
I never knew where Ferguson was. Did you? No. Exactly. No. You didn't know where Minneapolis was. You didn't know where Kenosha. I keep saying Kenosha. That sounds like a cool town. <laughs> yeah. I suppose no one's really visited Kenosha. But right. my point is, is that there's these little pockets yeah. throughout the nation yeah. where the culture, it's exactly what it is. You really think that Officer Schaffin's knee on the neck, you'd really think that's his first time doing it? A 19-year veteran? No. Yeah. So what happens is, is that culture kind of dictates what you do. Yeah. And so... so it kind of like, it, it kind of hardens the heart. Yeah. And what happens is, and I'm on LinkedIn all the time, and I hear all these experts talk about, oh, well, we need reform. We need to train. Absolutely. Yeah. Should we train? By all means, we need training practically every week. Yeah. Because... Things are constantly changing. Right. Things like laws are changing. Yeah. The tactic ap applications, the non-lethal weapons that you have. Yeah. The culture. The culture is changing. The culture is Did changed. you know that they have like this, yeah. I, I think they call it a bolo, where it, there's this, it's kind of hard to explain, but there's this apparatus where you deploy it like in a circle, like yeah. a hula, to the arrestee. There was someone you're going to try to affect an arrest, and you press this button, and it wraps them up. Wow. And, you know... <laughs> instead of you going hands-on and, and getting it on. Right, right. So it's yeah, I know many people know that. Oh, I, it's, wow. it's, it's being tested, <laughs> but it's coming out. There's a new taser that is just phenomenal. Phenomenal in a way that when I deploy the darts and the actual pressure that comes with the voltage, it, it doesn't allow you to even move. Oh, wow. And, and it senses when the body is actually moving. It's, it's really out of, you know. So yeah. in other words, when you deploy the taser... Because you've seen, I'm sure you've seen incidents where people just grab the dart and... Yeah, yeah. Right, you can be high on PCP or something like, what, yeah, this doesn't I, do anything yeah, to me. I've seen some people do that, like where they shoot, they hit them with the tasers and, and there's like nothing. I rolled out to an OIS where we deployed the beanbag shotgun like five times. Shot them with like 10 beam, nothing. Wow. We deployed the taser four times. We deployed the 40 mil, which is a, uh, another socket. It's, I'm sorry, it's a rubber, a rubber pellet type of, uh, uh, of, of a bullet. Well, okay. not so much of a bullet, but a rubber, big giant pellet, like about this big, where right. when it hits you, it penetrates just, just enough so it doesn't completely penetrate at all. I, I stand corrected. It, the impact just yeah. causes so much pain that it's supposed to just, Yes, you know. yeah. <laughs> of course, who wants to get hit? <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to get hit with a 40 mil. We tried all those less lethal weapons, and he was still charging and going wow. officers. And long story short, he ended up in, a, in an OIS, and you know, he, got, he got shot. He came out with a shot. There's a whole story behind it. But my point is, is that all these le less lethal weapons, yeah. like uh, a taser, the new ones coming out are supposed to help you as much as you can. But... It doesn't look good. It's ugly. But you know what? You have to know the law and how to use it right. and how to apply it. And we're heading, we do do a good job, but I think we can do better. Yeah. No, it's, it's, and um, kind of going back to what you're saying, um, as far as, you know, people not understanding that sometimes it's, it's so true because the thing is you can be, you can be given the guide. You can be given the ins and outs. But the thing is that, no one is ever going to be able to actually tell you how it went down unless that person 
is able to break down exactly how it went down. Like you said, like you 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 guys are uh, are asked afterwards, like, okay, why did you deviate from that? And if you're able to explain why you deviate, okay, then we can continue from there. But a lot of people don't understand that. It's like you can have the system, you know, and play and everything, but there's going to be situations where it's it's going to be very difficult for officers to follow everything exactly by the book. You know, I always I always uh, use this analogy with people. I said, I always ask them, have you ever been in a fist fight? Like, have you ever been in a confrontation with someone? And, you know, if they say, yeah, I'll be like, okay, can you recall move per move? There you go. Moment per moment. Can you recall your thought process through yeah. that? And I can almost, and I'm not trying to say that in a way like where it's condescending or it's right. rude. I'm just asking you sincerely, like I'll be sincere. All the fist fights I've been in, can I recall every movement, no. everything that I did, my thought process through it? No. You know why? Because that instinct in us comes out. Yes. That instinct when once you once you feel a punch, you know, we all know this. Once you feel a punch, once you feel pain, that's being caused from someone else, what do you do? You go in protection mode. Yes. You go in either savage mode, protection mode, instinct mode. And what happens from there, you kind of, I'm not saying you completely blank out, but the thing is that you have to understand that there is no cookie cut. There is no formula to controlling emotions, thought patterns, heart patterns, emotional patterns, all of those things, you know, uh, and, and I, that's where I always tell people, that's why there is no law, in my opinion, mm -hmm. there are laws that can be put in place. There are uh, bills that can be put in place. There are policies that can be put in place to try and, 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 and better, right? Better. Yes. They, but at the end of the day, there is no law that can change the human heart. Absolutely. You know, and kind of going back to what you were saying about the, that officer with George Floyd, you could, like you said, you could you could see it right away. That was a culture that was in him. And that was because, why? Because it doesn't matter what laws were thrown at that person yeah. or that individual. Correct. He was going to use what he wanted to use and what he felt was necessary. Why? Mm -hmm. Because that's who he is. You know, that's the individual. That's how he operates. Right. You know, and, and the culture, it, probably just not him. And right. again, I'm assuming here, but... I would imagine it's, you know, how they just conduct, you know, police work. Yeah. And so to finish my point about this training, we talk about, you know, defunding didn't help. You know, this whole movement of defunding, that didn't sit, you know, well with yeah. it. With not so much from a political perspective. It's just the fact that, you know, I was always a true believer. Look, you got to call 911, man. Yeah. You know, and we're going to come help you. Yes. You know, some are, we have some bad apples. Right. And we're trying we're doing the best that we can to get rid of those bad apples. Yeah. But more than anything is as a result of this, uh, this Memphis PD incident, they also talked about hiring standards. So you have the component of hiring standards. Hey, should we lower the hiring standards? Or these officers' uh, hiring standards were lower, so that's the reason why we hired them. Yeah. So there's experts out there that swear that, well, you know what? If you lower the hiring standards, this is what you're going to get. I, I, you know what? Yeah. Me personally, I disagree. I disagree with reform. We shouldn't be reforming all the time. Well, you know what? Maybe yeah. we should come up with more laws to protect the community. And I laws, suppose to laws, laws do not change the human heart. Right. I've so, always said it. So then my thing has always been, it is organizational culture. AKA 
cop culture. Yeah. That is what needs to change. Yeah. And there's 18,000 agencies. You, it's, not, it's not easy. <laughs> so there's a lot of work, probably even yeah. past my time when I'm done doing yeah. law enforcement. But that requires what? It requires a lot of great leadership yeah. and a lot of accountabilities. Right. You can't be that sergeant that's going to turn a blind eye when your officers are doing some shady-ass police work. Right. You can't be that lieutenant that depends on your sergeant to know that no one's doing shady-ass cutting corners right. type police work. Right. Certainly up command staff all yeah. the way to the chief. And who's ultimately responsible? It's the chief. Yeah. And you know what? If you, if you can't handle it, you can't sit there and tell your officer, you know what? Right. You better cut it off. You know? Or, or not only am I jamming you up, you keep doing this shit, you're going to get fired. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we don't do that, but we're getting there because then there's yeah. just brotherhood. Yeah. Don't and, be so mean. Yeah. It, yeah. And that's, let's, I want to kind of touch on that a little bit, but before I do, um, yes. I kind of want to like, because I've heard that the hiring standards, they're not high enough. Well, right. I disagree with that because I think they're too damn high. Right. <laughs> Right. I tried. I tried. I tried to. I tried to apply for the. Uh, I think uh -huh. it was for the sheriff's department. Okay. Years back. Years back. I. I passed everything, Marlon. I passed the uh, written test, physical test, everything, and <laughs> I, I laugh, man, because uh, I, the 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 day we took the written test, uh -huh. they gave us the uh, the pre background okay the, history yeah. test, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. <laughs> and so the. The one of the sergeants or lieutenants, I don't know, he came up real nice. You know, he's like, uh -huh. hey, guys, congratulations on completing your written test. Here's the packet. Take it home with you. Take your time. Um, you'll turn it in when you come and do the physical agility test. Uh -huh. Look, guys, be honest. <laughs> like, mm, OK. And he's like, yeah, be completely honest. It yeah. doesn't matter. We uh, what we what we really want to look at is your past ten years, your past ten years, right? Okay. That's what I was like. Okay, I was like, all right. So I I was like, all right, I'm gonna be. I was brutally you're like, honest. You're like too transparent. Is I was basically too what you're trying to get transparent, to. man. I was at like, the ninth year. This yeah, is what happened. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you have any? Uh, have you ever been affiliated with anyone yeah. has gone to prison? Yes. yes. <laughs> do you have family sure. in prison? Yes. yes. Hmm. <laughs> um, Might not want to hire. Have you ever done drugs? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was honest about everything, you know, uh -huh. and I got a letter, you know, after the agility, hey, congratulations, you passed everything. But unfortunately, you know, we can't, you can't proceed to the next stage because of, you know, you, you the pre-background test. So I said, mm -hmm. man, so like, I was honest, man. You guys told me to be honest. And I was, because I was, you know, it, was already, it had already been like about uh, 13, 15 years or so that I was clean. I was good, you Correct. know, good behavior. Everything was good, but... Oh, well, but anyways, I wanted to just kind of plug that in because yeah. a lot of people say like, no, the hiring standards aren't, aren't high enough. And but I disagree because I mean, they didn't hire me. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're not going to put a gun in that guy's hand. <laughs> I, I can only tell you is be glad that you didn't. Um, I, I say that with some humor. I say that with, with, you know, with some, um, um, What's the best way to describe it? I say that with, um, with not so much passion, but compelling to tell you right. that sometimes it's just not for everybody. Oh yeah, no, and, you know, yeah, and I, um, I came to find that out. Like that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. I say that with conviction. Yeah, to tell you that it's just 
not you're gonna suffer yeah a lot from it i can tell you that it cost me my career did cost me a lot of obstacles i mean i I got a divorce it cost me a divorce yeah Uh, it cost me um uh, some relationships in general that's a lot of it has to do with my upbringing but certainly my my uh, career right. uh, didn't um, didn't help you know it wasn't yeah. as healthy the good thing is today as we speak there's a lot of mental wellness yeah uh, companies vendors right um, coaches yeah. and advisors people who are speaking so much about hey look what happened to me right you know so you can learn from it right because there's a lot of there's a lot of cops out there that suffer especially mentally yeah. man a lot i mean it changed me um to the point where i when i was in a relationship with uh, with one of my ex-girlfriends where it, it just wasn't a big deal yeah you know, you're sitting here telling me uh, about your day and you're telling me about your problems or you want me to do something. And then next thing you know, you're getting all emotional and we start arguing. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I just saw a couple of dead bodies. I almost gone to a shooting. Oh, so, yeah. you know, so what happens is your emotions and everything become, you kind of get numb. Yeah. You know, and so for me, it, it, it wasn't as healthy right. as it should have been. Yeah. But then again, what profession isn't, right? I mean, yeah. I want to be a lawyer. I'm sure no, but, my phone's going to yeah. go off and I got to hear, <laughs> you know, everybody's problem, yeah. you know, and I got to deal with the law and yeah. see how I can get my client off or whatever. But I'm glad you bring that up because I think that's that's the human side that I really want people to see. You know, that that's the thing like that at the end of the day, our officers in our community, they are human beings. A lot of them are fathers, a lot of them are husbands, a lot of them are wives, a lot of them are mothers, you know, and we have to stop looking at it as if they're just part of a system. I really hate that. I really hate when people do that to people. You know, it's like, oh, they like we talk about this ending this systemic stuff and all these language that we try to use. But then we do that to the other people like we we do things that supposedly we don't like. We take things that we supposedly don't like and we try to just categorize others in the same way, you know, and I think that that's not the real way of healing. We have to really understand, you know, when you you share that, you know, it's it it does put me in a different place because it's like, man, yeah, at the end of the day, these officers, you know, are just trying to do a job. They're trying to do a career that, yes, they chose. Yes. Yes, they are. They should be held to higher standards. Yes. That's all in agreement. But at the end of the day, they are still just people. Humans. Humans. Absolutely. You know? And, uh, you know, and I kind of want to even go back to that. And I think that's what a lot of times people, because there's, I know there's been a lot of accusations. And I don't know how, how true they are. I don't uh-huh. have all the information, facts. the facts or anything. But i just just going to kind of go based off what a lot of people say is like that there is that, even that gang culture within mm-hmm. Um, a lot of police agencies, you know, the LAPD, the sheriff's department, I know they've caught in a lot of heat for that. And, um, there's no doubt, like you said, there are bad apples. There are Correct. a lot of bad apples, but I really, I, I, what I try to try to understand and I try to get people to understand is that, well, the thing is that it's like any group of people, it's like any community, like 
when you're around the same people yeah. every day, of course it becomes a culture. Of course it becomes a commodity. Yes. Of course it becomes a brotherhood, a sisterhood. Of course things become a little bit more, it becomes trickier. But look, show me a community, show me a job where people a have been, a, any profession. I Correct. used to be a claims adjuster. Okay. You know, and uh, to this day, I still got buddies. Yes. You know, I still, I had actually a friend not too long ago on the podcast who was a vendor uh, for one of our work comp companies. Uh -huh. And, you know, we're still, we still stay in contact. Yes. You know why? Because it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're a police officer or you work at a warehouse. If you're around the same people every day, day in, day out, you're spending eight to 10 to 12 hours a day yeah. with these people. What do you expect? Like we, like we expect like to be, we don't expect to be robots, but we expect the PD to be like robots and just go in, <laughs> do their job, no communication, everything by the book, and then just go back home and everything is merry. But come on, like, can yeah. you kind of speak into that a little bit? Yeah, it's, um, it, it doesn't really, it goes to what you're talking about, the touching the human side, mm -hmm. right? We just, we, we don't see it that way. We, we don't see, we don't see the, um, I always believe that for every bad incident that you see on social media and the news, we should have two or three good incidents, good incidents yeah. of what we do, yeah. you know, and when I, and, and I want to make sure that we, when we talk about good incidents is that sometimes I see on social media, like an Instagram or any other page where Hey, I'm walking the old lady, you know, across the street. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or I'm at the lemonade stand with, you know, with yeah, kids. Yeah. Right, right. And look how awesome this job is. <laughs> getting a cat down from a tree. Exactly. Getting the cat down from the tree and <laughs> yeah. look at us. You know, right, we're right. this happy, really awesome police yeah. department. You know what? No. That's, that, not, that's, yeah. not, that's not what it is. That's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what it is is you're going to be working weekends. You're going to be working holidays. You're going to be working graveyards. You're going to put your life on the line yeah. and put a vest and log on and go at it. And you don't know what that person has. What could happen that or day. Or what could happen that day. Yeah. Hoping and praying to God that you make it home right. to your family. So that's the problem is that yeah. we don't see – we're doing good. I'm not going to say we're not doing a, a bad job on it. It's just that – I suppose awareness no, it, and mental awareness is more yeah. so than anything. You know, there's a lot yeah. of suffering. I can tell you, you know, and I, you know, I don't mean to sound, you know, depressing, you know, the sad part, but you know, in my, I, one too many, one too many funerals, a lot of them for suicide, you know, That's and suicidal that ideation and suicidal tendencies. Talk about that, man. You know, the, when you see mental health awareness and you're dealing with a lot in the public, a lot of the radio calls calls for service yeah. are people who are suffering from mental illness. Yeah. But you know what? You also suffer yeah. from mental illness. It could be a bad day. It could be it a could, bad moment. Yeah. And it could be going through, I mean, like you, you share, like, I mean, share, why don't you kind of even put yourself in that story? Cause mm -hmm. I know you say you went through a divorce, like, and you were still policing at that time, right? Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, talk about, can you kind of share a little bit? How, how did that, how was that emotionally for yeah. you doing the job and having to go through that? It's just, um, unfortunately for me, my parents weren't really the best role models. Yeah. There's something to be said about 
modeling from your parents. Yeah. So if your parents are together, I suppose, and everything is happy and healthy, and they go argue on the side or whatever, yeah. and they don't expose that to the kids, yeah. I suppose you're going to probably grow up to be... Have healthy habits. Have healthy habits and have healthy relationships. Yeah. Uh, for me, there was just a lot of neglect and abandonment. Yeah. So for me, I suppose it was just easier to walk away. Mm. Fight or flight, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. You, are, you, 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 you had trained yourself already with a wall. Right. And there, there's a lot of impulsivity from my behalf. Yeah. Now, of course, that didn't help being a police officer. Yeah. Why? Because I was used to just going into a situation, handling it, and getting out and just going to the next situation, yeah. handle that and getting out. So for me, it was just easy. I never yeah. had any patience with conflict. Mm. So that taught me a lot yeah. about my profession. And it's certainly when I brought it home, um, we used to always joke around uh, in, in, in our profession where, uh, and I remember a lot of my friends and my colleagues would say, oh, man, I'm at work, man. It's like a vacation. I don't know if you ever heard that. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, I think mean, that's, that's a lot of professions. A lot it, of, I lot would of imagine that we're not the only. Thank you, thank, thank you for correcting yeah, yeah. that. Oh, my God, you know what? It's like paradise. <laughs> I used to always say when people say, oh, I'm living the dream. Really? Well, they always walk around. Hey, what's up, bro? Yeah, I'm living the dream. No, you're not. <laughs> because to me, my dream is yeah. Bora Bora, water bungalow, right? 10 days, no phone. <laughs> Come cerveza, dip, come back, 10 days, right. no phone. On. That's living the dream to me. Yeah. But that's besides the point. So what happens is, is that you start getting into this, you know, um, uh, it's a vacation when I come home. Mm -hmm. You know what I realize, Jorquito, is that it's not. Mm -hmm. If you're telling yourself that you want to come to work and you want to be at work more than you want to be at home yeah. with your wife and your kids. yeah. That's a problem. Right. And so what happens is, is that us men, we just, we don't like to, we don't. Yeah. You know, so when you start talking about strength, like who's the strongest? Women are. Oh, yeah. More so than we are. Yeah. I agree the with ones that, that, man. They'll link the gauntlet and yeah. say, you know what? We're having, we have issues. Yeah. So let's, let's yeah. face those issues. Yeah. So that's, that's what happens. And, that, and unfortunately, yeah. In this profession, when you say stuff like that, you know what? I've come to realize that go home, <laughs> go home and deal, manage it and get some help. Right. You know, go to therapy. Yeah. You know, and we're just, we're not built that way. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so I always found that to be, uh, you know, a little, uh, not so much strange, but now it really makes sense where, right. you know what, don't, don't. Maybe it is a vacation to you, but do some self-reflection and go home. Yeah. And, and I think it has to, I think that's the healthy balance right there is the, 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 the best, the best of both worlds is, is being able to, you know, being able, because I think at the same time, like we all have to be able to compartmentalize. We all have to be able to, there's going to be moments where we are going to have to like per se, I don't like to use that word, but I'm going to use it uh -huh. is like suck it up. You know, like we, yeah. we have to learn how to suck it up brush things off and, and, and get done what we have to get done. But the healthy balance is, I think, in that where, okay, once you are in that zone where, okay, yeah, I do need to work on these issues, these situations. And I think that that's, um, that's one of the things that where 
where um, I love what you're doing and I love what you guys are trying to to implement. You know what I mean? And and for this future, for this now generation Correct. of police officers and the future generation of police officers, is to is to really find and create that healthy balance. Because I think that that's I think when we're honest, we're we're honest and we're transparent. You know, it doesn't mean that we're going to win everyone's trust because at the Correct. end of the day, like you said, it's true. There are people that it doesn't matter what you can do. It doesn't matter what you can say. They can have all the reform they want. They can have everything that they ask for. And at the end of the day, they will still have something to complain about. I, I believe that they're just people like <laughs> that. And it doesn't matter. They're just not happy. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And but I believe that for a lot of people and I, I could say that even for myself, like, for example, um, you know, like we're, we're kind of going back to what you were saying is um, like the reform, the you yes. know, all that. Like, and I, I'm in agreement with that. Like there's I, I don't think it, reform is in reform isn't always the answer. Correct. Are there things that we can do to kind of change things? Of course. And I know that that's, um, you know, like where a lot of well, no, that's what we mean. Like things need to change. But I think sometimes like we have to really look at agency by agency. Yes. Like I always tell people. Um, the example of here in San Bernardino, I, I'm like, look, I'm a, I live here in San Bernardino. I'm part of the community here. We own a home here. Our children's go to, go to school here. Um, we work in the area. I mean, we, we, we worship in the area we're here. Yes. It's like, so when you come to me with this idea that, you know, we need to cut this and, and reallocate funds here and go there and, and, and stop policing here. And that it's like, to me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why? Because first of all, do you live in my city? Yeah. If your answer is no, then okay, I, I believe our conversation could probably end <laughs> because you Good don't point. live in my city. Yeah. You don't live in my community. If you're somewhere out there in the Midwest or if you're out there somewhere in the East Coast, things might be different. I can't speak of things that are going on over there because I don't live there. What I can speak on are the things that go on here. And I can tell you my straight out answer is that no, we need, need we more. need more. You, need, you know, need we more. need we need more, but we need more that are trained that have a healthy balance. Yes. And I, and as a matter of fact, like I kind of I commend shout out to the San Bernardino Police Department. There, they've actually been doing an amazing job. That's you know, awesome. and and um, I, they've actually been utilizing their social media. I've been really checking them out these last few months lately, and uh, when incidents happen. Um, they're almost like almost immediately, I want to say it's very quick turnaround that they release like a, a brief awareness, a briefing, you know, awareness, like, Hey guys, you know, like, and this and, is what happened. Yeah. Hey guys, last week, I'm sure you guys through news outlets or different yes. channels, you guys saw this officer involved shooting. Here's a breakdown. Yes. And they show the breakdown. Here's individual. Here is the handgun. Here is this, here is the vehicle. Here is the body cam. And I'm like, and, and you know what? And at the end of that, are people going to comment negative things? They might. Yes. And those are, again, it's like there is no law. There is no change that can change the human heart. Correct. The human heart is a human heart, whether it be good, whether it be bad. That is, no one can ever really touch that, you know, unless that person makes a conscious decision. But, you know, like it's a positive thing because it brings the community, those that are living in the community say, man, you know what? Like, you know, thank God for them. Or, you yeah. know, thank God they're protecting our community. Absolutely. They're doing the right thing. And then it, it was an unfortunate because here's the bottom line. When I think about um, officer involved shootings, Here, here's my thought process. Mm -hmm. My thought process is no one ever wins. Correct. Nobody ever wins. And, well and, and I want people to understand that. I even see that when it comes to crime. 
when it comes to young men shooting other young men or vice versa, whatever, um, I never see it like, oh, man, like, oh, that criminal or oh, that police officer. Oh, they should burn in hell. I never see it that I, I I'm built in a way where I've understand both sides. Correct. And I'm like, man, no one won, you know, because the person that was shot just sadly lost his life. If yes. they if they lost their life or if they were harmed, their life is never going to be the same. But also the officer. That officer's life is never going to be the same. Correct. Even though it was in self-defense, even if it was on the job, it's not going to be the same. Nope. You know, and I always tell people. Everybody like, suffers. Everyone suffers. Everybody suffers. And I think the public needs to understand that is put politics to the side put this put that put just think about the people mm -hmm. think about the people that are going through that everyone involved and i think if we do that more yes then we will be able to be like you know we're because i feel like sometimes and i don't know if you can agree with this but sometimes we're so committed with one extreme or the other yeah well yes we're committed and i like to use that word because literally like it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong if we're committed to an idea if we're committed to something, yeah, that like, no, I don't want, I don't care. It was wrong. It was wrong. It was wrong. And it's like, wait, no, like we have to be able to be rational and be like, like you, like you, you're an officer, you 24 years in the LAPD, retired, and you're still involved. You're able to look at George Floyd's situation and say, that was wrong. Yes. That was wrong. Yes. And it's like, whoa, wait, like, but this, but that, no, no, it was wrong. Yeah. Right. I, look, my daughter at the time, I think she was like a junior she was in 10th or 11th grade and even then and believe me my daughter and i you know she's a teenager we don't talk about police work or stuff <laughs> like that and she's like dad dad how can he do something i, I, I said sophia check this out let me tell you something never one i've never been taught that tactic right. two i've never had a part i've never done stuff like that you yeah. know and so that's where this controversy gets created yeah. and to your point when you say committed it's what we call posturing. You posture and you take a position yeah. and you're territorial about it. Right. And you know what? I just want to see it from this lens and this lens only. Yeah. And you leave me with no choice but to get defend. I have to defend my side. Exactly. You know, hey, man, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm blue. Yeah. I'm all blue. I'm all for my brothers and sisters right. in uniform. Yeah. Do we do things that are bad? Yes. Do we get it wrong? Probably more than right. This is in terms of discipline. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been a lot of cases that I've worked where officers have been terminated for lying. You know what? You're a liar out of here, mm -hmm. which is great. There's a new Senate bill that just came out where it has what we call the nine deadly sins, nine allegations, nine, nine serious misconducts definition. One of those is dishonesty, and the other one is just gang affiliation you've been talking about. Mm -hmm where the state post, right, Peace Officer Standards and Training, the state's saying, you commit one of these nine, yeah. guess what? We're going to take your license. Yeah. I'm all for accountability. No one wants a bad apple. No one wants a bad actor. Yeah. Not in your profession, not yeah. in any profession. Right. And at times we get it wrong. But yeah. just don't forget that at the end of the day, we are human. There is emotions. And OIS is a yeah. tragedy. You're 1,000% spot on. There is no right or wrong. No one wins. No one. Everybody yeah. suffers. Yeah.
but if we can get platforms like this to share and to just keep going and and you know and have some awareness yeah i i think that we're heading in the right direction what yeah no definitely and what is, is there anything in your personal career that really sparked this or a situation that might have happened to you that really kind of brought you to man this i got to be more aware of this or were you always just kind of like you always kind of had that chip in you it's like no i'm gonna you know do my job to the best of my ability and treat people to the best of their respect you know what it just comes from life experience i think yeah. uh i suppose if you're 21 or 22 years old and i suppose lived a shelter life and haven't had any trauma conflict <laughs> yeah with your parents and all that comes with that yeah i don't know you might not you, you're gonna walk into i mean think about it you're gonna walk in yeah. situation domestic violence incident and yeah aquí está you know uh juan who's you know been married for 30 years yeah. you know and there's a who knows uh him and his wife having issues yeah he probably you know abuses her in every way you can think of and here you are uh i, I gotta i gotta take you to jail that's tough yeah. to put on a 22 year old for me it was wasn't that hard why because i've experienced a lot yeah. of trauma uh, a lot of neglect, a lot of abandonment. So it kind of prepared me yeah. to do this. And I'm a people person. So yeah. for me, I've never really had a problem with dealing with these high intense emotional yeah. situations. But since I've talked so bad about what happened in my career with my divorce and all that, I will tell you that the department, this career has really taught me a lot about myself in a sense that we, and I say we men, I'm going to sound so sexist here, but <laughs> we're very selfish. Mm -hmm. We really look out for ourselves. And right. it's always me first. Yeah, uh, At least that's what I've experienced. And I'm not mm -hmm. in the island by myself with that. <laughs> but this job has taught me a lot. Yeah, uh, Not to be selfish. Having my daughter is the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. Has taught me to be very unselfish. Yeah, I remember... When I was a young police officer, I had, we had this radio call of this lady who was lost. Uh, era, era como una abuelita, tenía su, su sweater, you know, and she basically decided to walk out of the house to get some fresh air, but she made a couple of turns. And next thing you know, she doesn't know her name. She doesn't know where she lives. So she suffered from dementia. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, it's three o'clock. I get off in an hour. I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta get my workout and get with the boys and go to a club. That, 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 that was my focus. <laughs> Let's do this. I want to hit with the boys. Yeah. So here's this lady. Hablaba español nada más. And we pick her up at this corner because someone called nine one one. And I put her in the back. ¿Cómo está, señora? ¿Cómo te llamas? No, no, no me acuerdo mi nombre, no oh, sé dónde vivo. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. And the whole time I'm still thinking, you know what? I got to go. Yeah. I got to go. I got to go. Está bien, señora. No, no te preocupes. Vamos a ver a dónde vives y te voy a llevar a un lugar a ver si, es, si lo puedes reconocer donde usted vive. So we took her to one um, uh, convalescent home. We walk in, bring the manager out. Hey, do you know this? No. We went to another one. No. We went to another one. No. And so here I am in my black and white police vehicle looking at the rear view mirror and I see this lady and she's just, she's 
I mean, the emotion, the expression just got to me. And I'm thinking to myself, how selfish am I? You know, in other words, the hell are you thinking, Marlon? All you want to do is go hang out with the boys and do what you want to do. But this lady is in dire need of help. Mm. And so we get her to the station and I'm trying to get some info, you know, because I, I was the only one speaking Spanish. Yeah. And somehow, some way, because she had this sweater that was kind of tight all the way to her, to her wrist. Yeah. She had a bracelet that was stuck in there, and it says, "If lost, please call this number." Oh. Wow. At the same time that that was going on, uh, the a father, right from the yeah. Catholic Church, a priest, and her husband came to the front desk of the station and so of course i told my training officer i'm all excited i'm like we i know her name i found her and i called the number yeah. and it just so had it kept ringing it kept ringing and then i'm overhearing this conversation that this priest and this um, older man was having with the front desk officer the whole time while we're waiting and it must have been an hour or two she starts getting anxiety. She has having an anxiety attack. We had to call the uh, ambulance, and I had to hold her. No me dejes, por favor, hijo. No me dejes, mijito. You know, no te preocupes. Aquí estoy. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, building this rapport with her, and I'm caressing her, and just saying, No, está bien, señora. No te preocupes. Todo va a estar muy bien. And we just cut building, and the whole time I'm just like, I'm, I'm just like in awe yeah. about what I'm doing, and then sure enough. The re when they reunited, I mean, it's like right out of a movie, man. Yeah, I, I just the, the husband came, she started crying. I mean, emotions were just flying, I mean, mm. everywhere. And she comes up to me and gives me the biggest hug mm. to thank me. Yeah. And you know what, Jorquito, after that, I said, you know what, this is why I came on the job for it. Yeah, very, very life lessons. I'm taking you back to 1999 when this happened. So, these are life lessons that makes me realize that you know what i'm good i'm glad yeah. i did what i did yeah but people don't see that yeah and you know? and i it kind of reminds me of that quote where um you know the two most important dates of your life are the day you're born and the day you discover why you were born you know when you discover your purpose you know and i think that's it sounds like that's the day when you kind of realize like this is it. This is and it. This is it. You know to what? Actually, help the community. That's 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 what this yeah. is all about. You know, everything else. You know, we'll 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 move around. We'll deal with it. So. Yeah, and I think that's what we why this is such an important conversation to have because we need to at the end of the day, I think we need to reestablish, not reform. We need to reestablish that. Hey, you know, officers, like you're taking an oath. You're taking an oath to serve and protect your community. Um, and the public needs to kind of reestablish and, okay, you know what, our officers are here to serve and protect our community, you know, and we really have to take on that factor. It's like, um, are they always going to get it right? You know, maybe not, but, you know, we are able to reestablish that trust if we want. That's you know? right. If we really want to, if we really, it's what I always uh, say, like, we, healing really comes from, being able to conversate, you know, uh, with people and to really like see where they're coming from, you know, yes. really see where they're coming from because it's, it's easy to point the finger. It's very, very easy. You know what I mean? But you know, there's nothing like actually, like you said earlier, um, 
put yourself in my shoes. You know, and it's true. You know, we'd have to we have to be able to do that. We have to be able to um, really put ourselves in in our officers' shoes and really, man, they go through a lot. They go through a lot. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of tension, especially now with social media and everything. Yeah. Like yeah. it just it puts a lot of pressure on them. You know, and I think of like an incident that um, I'm not sure if you ever came across it. Uh -huh. um, it was it, it 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 got viral. It went viral that video. And it was in, uh, I think he was an L.A. sheriff deputy, and he made a routine stop somewhere in the L.A. area. Mm -hmm. And um, this lady, I mean, she she just went off. Like, she was, like, calling him uh, racial name. slurs. Every name, the, like, every name out of the book. Yeah. And his demeanor, though, like, and it, that's how it went viral because it was through the body cam. Mm -hmm. And it went viral because he remained calm the entire time. He remained calm, and 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 I'm like, just looking at that video. I mean, I was like, I don't know if I could have done that. Yeah, you know, I I don't I don't think we. Those are the good situations that you're talking yes. about earlier. That we need to. Why don't we look at that? Why don't we decipher that? Like, here is an officer that, hey, you know, he could have. He had every excuse. Yeah. I think anyone else in that situation probably would have yeah. just. All right, lady, get out of your car. You know what I mean? Like, you know, no, like. Hey, I'm pulling you over. I mean, he did everything in the best demeanor, his demeanor, his posture, his the way he addressed her, everything. And I mean, she, at the end of the day, like, I think the public would even agree. It's like, she looked dumb. She yeah. looked ridiculous. Like, the joke was on her, you know, because at the end of the day, like, she didn't accomplish anything but made herself look bad. Yeah. And this officer, you know, he did his job. He did what he had to do. And it, it, it made me sad, though, at the same time. I'm like, dude, like, this guy was just literally doing his job. Yes. You know? But then you do see situations sometimes where it's like, ah, like, you know? You know, you're like, ah, yeah, I could have gone. And that's the one that's going to sell. That's the and one that's, that's going to sensationalize. And that's, what's, and that's what's sad about us as people society, is that man. we, it's almost like we're addicted to the drama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, we are. We're, we're addicted to the drama, you know? But we need to also, you know, think about our our uh, our officers man that you know not not too long ago no it was already been like a year or two where mm -hmm. i think it was in compton i believe he was a lapd officer i'm not sure if you can kind of recall off the top of your head but i think it was at night um they were in their patrol car and then somebody just came and, and shot one of the officers in the head oh yes and that do you was remember? of course that happened ah, in that was, the, yeah that was, was sheriffs sheriffs in right. the blue line yeah that's the long beach line and one of the stops for the sheriffs yeah um, we LAPD have a contract for the MTA train lines as well. Yeah. It just so happens in that blue line, uh, a couple of the uh, platforms, a couple of the stops uh, are uh, sheriff's jurisdiction. Yeah. yeah. It's sad. Yeah, it happens like that. That's that's the world we live in. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's no secret that it's a dangerous job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know what? Here we are to help and, yeah. uh, you know. We're just moving right along, brother. Yeah, no, That's yeah. all we can do. Let's um, and I want to. I have a question that yes. I kind of want to talk about because it goes in line with what you're currently doing, mm -hmm. and maybe even talk about talk about it more in detail. Mm -hmm. How how do we ensure? How do we ensure? Or how or what would what do you feel would be the best approach that we as the public and the officers both together can ensure that each situation is looked at for what it is and accountability is held well the first thing i would say is if there is misconduct what you believe to be yeah. 
misconduct. But then again, how do you know that definition? If you're in whatever encounter you are with the police right. and you're just being treated badly, you know, or just total disrespected, yeah, improper, inappropriate, mm-hmm. that's on you. We have an obligation to investigate that. Yeah. The problem is when we tell you the outcome, just know that that outcome has been has been investigated thoroughly. Yeah. Right? But I think what happens is, is that we're not willing to take any accountability. If I were to tell you, which is true, uh, from 2011 to 2015, LEP received over 3,000 citizen complaints. Wow. Okay. Complaints in, from the public. In a, in a lapse of what? Four, that's what? Four years? Five right. years? Right. So every year, 3,000. Wow. I can only speak because I, know, I just know because I was there at the time. 96.4% of all those complaints were adjudicated as unfounded. That means it never happened. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you? What that tells you is that people do complain. Yeah. And perhaps maybe you didn't have any EI. And maybe you just went off and were as rude as well. Yeah. You know, two people chipping away at each other. That's yeah. That's probably not going to help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's kind of like, you know, with your point, you know what? Or like with your loved one, you know what? I'm done. I'm done talking to you. Yeah. You know? Que se vaya la, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there is encounters like that. Right. But then you have an expectation that, you know what? He or she, that officer was wrong, so they should punish them. Well, do some self-reflection. Right. That's why I like Body Worn Video. Body Worn Video was born in 2015. So anything from 2015 till today, you want to make a complaint about how rude that officer was? Okay. Maybe there's body cam footage now. But just, just know yeah. that when you do, it's what we call demonstrably false. Demonstrably yeah. false meaning that, well, the, you should have seen what he called me. Yeah. Okay, what did he call you? You know? And, and the problem is, is that we don't, we as sergeants and officers who are, sergeants more than anything that are actually interviewing you getting some detailed about tell me what happened with my officer Mm -hmm. so that i can fully investigate right but you don't Mm -hmm. so there's no i suppose there's no winning there not that we're trying to win yeah there's just um there's no outcome well it's like you know it, it becomes like the and i know it's a it's a you know, children's story. I mean, but it's even it, it, the example of it that I can kind of come to my mind. It's like the little boy who cried wolf. Right. And then it, the, it, the, the other, like the other, the other experience that I've had with discipline is think about it this way. When you get pissed off within the first 24 hours, it's like on a scale of one to 10, it's like at 11. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're off the charts. You're <laughs> off the charts. You're angry. Yeah. Then you get home, you got to deal with your diaper duty. You got to deal with your kids. Start watching ESPN like I do every day. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it starts, yeah, 48 hours, it's here. 72 hours, it's here. 96 hours, it's like, dude, yeah. I got other deals to deal with. Right. But then here comes Sergeant Marachi calling you. Hey, Mr. Johnson, can I please talk to you about what happened with my officers at that traffic stop four days ago? Yeah. And you're like, or you just make stuff up. Yeah. No embellish. Who knows? So just know... For your audience is that, look, it goes both ways. 
Yeah. And I'm not yeah. sitting here defending, <laughs> saying that my officers no, no, yeah, uh, are, 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 are cheery and they're always yeah. very respectful. That's not, the, that's not what right. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is that if you truly feel that you were 100% disrespected yeah. or that officer treated you inappropriately, go for it all, man, and find out what the outcome is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where, and and it, I'm glad that you bring that up because I think that's why a lot of people kind of get that assumption like, oh, they never do anything. But it's not that they don't do anything. It's just that, like you said, these, they bring cases that are unfounded. You know, there's no, there's no evidence. It of didn't it, occur. You know, and I think that like we want, we want, uh, we want a perfect system. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we want the right to, you know, not, uh, not guilty until proven guilty. Correct. Right. We, yeah. we, we love that. You know what I mean? Like if, when it applies to us, yes. but we don't like it when, when it applies to others, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I was, uh, kind of talking, like look, uh, reflecting on that thought the other day. Cause I was looking at, um, uh, the Tupac documentary, the new uh, one that yeah. came out uh -huh. on Hulu, the, the um, uh, and it was talking about uh, Tupac's mom's trial. Yes. Because um, she was on trial for, I, I never even knew about that. It's it real interesting, the documentary. Oh, wow. um, but she was on trial uh, with the Black Panthers. And um, she had the opportunity to defend herself. And um, and she was, at the end of the day, they found them not guilty, you know? And so I was like, man, you know what? Like, in my in me, this was just my personal thought, but I was like, man, you know what? Because I've been to other countries. Uh -huh. And I was like, you know what, like we, we complain about our country, but honestly, like if our justice system wasn't set up that way, they probably would have never gotten a not guilty. Correct. You know, but because they did have that opportunity, you know, they were able to defend themselves and, yes. and prove themselves not guilty. Yeah. So I, it just reminded me, I'm like, you know, like, it's like, yeah, we, we hate the system. Yes. You know what I mean? Sometimes we complain about it, but at the same time, like when, if, if, when it's time for it to be applied to us, Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know, give me, you know, show me mercy or, you know, prove to me, you know what I mean? Yes. And so, but like you said, it goes both ways. Like, and I think that's the thing. We just, we can't just spit out complaints just because maybe we were having a bad day. You know, there's times where we do that. We're like, we're just having a bad day and, and we don't realize that we responded bad. You know, like yeah. the, the uh, we were just talking about that with my wife right now. Um, I had a situation the other day. It wasn't with an officer. It was actually with a person. And I was like, I was telling her, I'm like, yeah, you know, I was talking to so-and-so and, -so, and um, he kind of brought something up and, and I started thinking about it and I didn't realize how much of a jerk I was, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, I was, I was, I was a real jerk that day, you know, and it wasn't my intention though. I just was having a bad day and, you know, somebody was trying to talk to me and I kind of just brushed them off, uh, you know, without you know, I didn't really, I didn't mean to, mm -hmm. but it happened. And I think sometimes that's the thing. Like even the public, you got bad days. Sometimes you're going through something. Sometimes you feel that, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that every time I was pulled over, it was a pleasant experience. Correct. You know, there was times where, where, yeah, it was like, oh, I want everything within me wanted to be defensive. Everything within yes. me wanted to say something. But at the end of the day, like I, I realized back then that, you know what? I was in the wrong, you know, so why am I going to, you know, come again? They didn't make me do this. You know, yes. they didn't tell me, hey, go do this so that afterwards we can catch you. They didn't do that. At the end of the day, I made a choice. And I know that sometimes people are like, but what about the people that don't make that choice? What Very about the good. people that that didn't make that choice and they just unjustly were? And I was like, yeah, but that's that. And that is a 
that is a bad situation. I was like, but we can't judge the entire book, you know what I mean, by these pages. You know what I mean? Like we have to be willing to work with our, you know, yes. work with our officers, work with our people. We got to learn how to work together and 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 teach our kids that because I think that's the, that's the next my, generation. The too. next generation because yes. I think that's my that's one of my biggest concerns is that it's not so much that oh the public's view of police and this, but it's what we're teaching our children. Yeah. You know, like I've had to sit down with my kids, you know, with the and and I've had to explain things to them, you know, but I do it in a way where I'm not demonizing you know a, right. this group of people right. and and you know sanctifying these people and yes. this and that like no i'm i i try to teach them like hey this situation happened because of this yes. and and what this person did was yeah that was absolutely wrong and that shouldn't have happened but that doesn't mean that all of them are like that correct so i want you guys to understand that you know and and i and we need to just get get down to that that's right know? that's all let's all be in the same platform yeah 100 and, and stop thinking in silos yeah yeah you know the more we talk about this Jorquito, the more i think to myself you know you and i should have been uh firefighters bro yeah <laughs> firefighter man i yeah. don't know i, Bomberos, don't know. I wonder they know they they're, they're the nicest people they love yeah. everybody loves firefighters bro i wonder if they would have punished me for my honesty <laughs> maybe maybe not yeah who knows yeah no but it's it's um what are we coming to a close? Okay, all right, man. This was man. This was we so could have fun. Been, yeah, no, we could more. Fun. Yeah, we 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 need to do we need to do more. But <laughs> let's I, do it. I think that today. Um, last words, Martin. Yes. Last words. Anything that you feel in your heart for our audience that you would like to say to them, and you can go ahead and look at that camera right there. You know what? I can only tell you that have faith, uh, be positive, and have that energy. God does his best work through people. He's mm -hmm. so instrumental. There's a reason why I'm here, why I met Jorjito and his lovely wife who just got hired as a sounding engineer. <laughs> uh, and she already deserves a raise. But <laughs> it, it's um, just be flexible, have a plan, uh, have faith. And wow, just happy to be here to share, yeah. uh, to share my journey, my story, and Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think we're going to have to definitely have you back yes. man, because there is so much uh, situational things that I believe we can we can cover and so many things that 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 I, I would love to bring to light. You know what I mean? And not again, it's not for and I hate that I even have to constantly repeat myself with that, that. It's not about being political driven. I mm -hmm. and that's why I that's why I did this. That, that was one of the things because I saw too many conversations going on, yes. you know, on the outside and platforms like social media where it, and it just it would break my heart. And I said, no, you know what? We we need to see the beauty in people's stories. Absolutely. We need to be able to see like, you know, they're you know, they go through so much and the you know you you know i respect you so much you Thank know you. being being an lapd vet and you know and then still doing what you're doing yes. you know what i mean and 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 we appreciate you we appreciate your service we appreciate you we show a lot of love and respect you know what i mean to you and to what you do um and even though there was a lot of like i said earlier even though i had a lot of uh some run-ins back in the day but you know what i had so many good run-ins and a lot of people that actually, I can honestly say this without, with no lie, um, a lot of people that inspired me to do better and to even leave the life that I was living mm -hmm. as a gang member in and out of juvie, you know, a lot of them were the CEOs, a lot of them were the probation officers, a lot of them were um, 
a lot of the, the the detectives, the cops, that you know what they 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 didn't forget the human factor, and they yes. and I'm so grateful for them, and I wish that I could write them a letter. I wish that I, I hope, hopefully they see this one day yes. and, and hopefully they can come across this and they remember me. Um, but I, I'm so appreciative for those people. I'm so appreciative for those voices that spoke into that 15, 16, 17 year old young man and told him that he can do better. You know, I'm so grateful for those. You know, many of them even wrote letters for me afterwards, um, you know, when I need a recommendation. So, yes. so, so look, I, I say that again, it's not because one side is better than the other. This isn't about sides. This is about mm -hmm. us being human. This is us about being just people and understanding that just like we're people, our officers are people, you know? So I, I want to encourage you next time you see an officer in the drive-thru or someone, you know, buy them a Starbucks, you know what I mean? Invite them something, you know what I mean? T tell them thank you. Tell them thank you because what they're doing in our community, especially here in San Bernardino, I want to thank the San Bernardino Police Department for their tremendous, tremendous job that they've been doing lately. Thank you guys so much. So this was Offbeat Podcast, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Soon, soon there will be a part two. Yes, sir. Yeah, there will be a part two. And uh, so stay tuned for that, man. All right, guys, peace out. Let's go. Man, wow. that